Not afraid to tell it like it is. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon till 3 on AM 900 CHML. All right, we've been talking about the Brexit campaign all week and, of course, uh, the fact that the U.K. has voted to leave uh, the European Union. One of the main men behind the Brexit campaign, Boris Johnson, uh, has come out saying he will not run in the leadership of the country. Uh, His associate, Michael Gove, said he would run instead. Not sure what's happening here, but we'll try to find out. Uh, One thing that has been certainly noticeable is once this vote came down, uh, the Leave side was quite silent for the longest time. To talk more about all of this, Jeff Semple is with us, Europe Bureau Chief for Global News, live in Trafalgar Square, and he is with us now. Hello, Jeff. How are you today? I'm just as surprised as everybody. I think Scott just from this week couldn't get any more predictable. We had that announcement this morning. Is that what it's like in the UK right now, that people are just stunned every single day of how this continues and, and, and what else develops? Yeah, you know, I think uh, one of the reactions of one of the TV broadcasters here in the UK, Sky News, their uh, chief political correspondent, was live on the air after Boris Johnson's reaction or announcement, excuse me. She was at her reaction and she just started laughing uh, almost hysterically. I think it, it is at that point now where predict the unpredictable. It's, I mean, if there was one certainty in all of this, I think it was that Boris Johnson was going to, at the very least, make a run for the Conservative Party leadership. David Cameron's job, of course, with the keys to number 10 Downing Street. And now even that has just come off the table and everybody is just sort of walking around with their jaws on the floor. Uh, we noticed that after this vote came down and the Leave side had won, that uh, not many of these leaders that spoke up so much uh, in support of leaving were very vocal, almost leaving the country in a vacuum, it seemed, for 24 hours. Uh, can you explain that? Why it's, it had taken so long for someone to speak and then now for this? Well, there was plenty of yeah, there was plenty of speculation, at least in the immediate aftermath of the referendum vote, that some of the leaders of the Brexit campaign, like Boris Johnson, were trying to you know strike a more conciliatory tone to unite the party moving forward. That they didn't want to be seen to be dancing on David Cameron's political grave, if you like. But you know, as you say, that sort of the, the initial sort of aftermath then turned into a few days, and we still really hadn't heard anything concrete from the leaders of the Brexit campaign. And now it seems that may be, have been due in large part to the fact that there apparently has been some inner, you know, inside baseball fighting, some bickering amongst the leaders, and a power struggle with Michael Gove, who is the Justice Secretary and one of the chief Brexiteers alongside Johnson, clearly deciding today that he has lost faith in Boris Johnson's ability to unite the party in the aftermath of the referendum vote. So, you know, in the same day that Boris Johnson announced he won't be running for the party leadership, Michael Gove, who, you know, until today was leading Johnson's campaign, has now announced he plans to run himself for the party leadership. Um, so, yeah, it just gets weirder and weirder, Scott. But the truth is that this is, you know, jokes aside, a country that is in serious need of some stability, of some, some leadership, and the Conservative Party is in a big hurry to put a new leader in place, to put someone new in Number 10 Downing Street. They're hoping to have a leader selected by September. But, you know, up until this morning, everyone, the big money was on that being Boris Johnson. And now we have five other names of potential candidates. And, you know, it's anyone's guess now who that could be. 
So how does Michael Gove go from uh, being a supporter of Boris Johnson to now saying that he doesn't think he's qualified to do it? Well, you know, as, as one British MP put it this morning, uh, the Michael Gove's move makes uh, the House of Cards look like the Teletubbies, of mm. course, reference to the Netflix <laughs> political show. Uh, sort of a Frank Underwood-type move. Indeed, he said, you know, Michael Gove, in an interview that he's just given, that um, he, you know, had been speaking to members of his own party over the last few days. Uh, it had been a very divisive, nasty campaign at times, and that many Conservative Party members did not want to see Boris Johnson in charge. And it was also an opinion poll that was out, uh, in fact, just this morning, showing that Boris Johnson has lost a lot of support among Conservative Party membership. Uh, so I think those two things combined apparently influenced Michael Gove's decision. Uh, but the truth is only he can tell you for certain if, uh, if this was a plan all along or if he really did come up with this decision spontaneously in the past couple of days. Either way, it is now Michael Gove's name on the ballot instead of Boris Johnson. So Boris Johnson, uh, and I'm speculating at this point, just uh, you know, started to feel things out and realized it wasn't going to happen. He didn't have the support within the party. Yeah, I think. I mean, you know, we're as we often have to with these situations, reading tea leaves a bit. But I think that that's the consensus that Boris Johnson, once he lost the support of Michael Gove. Uh, looked at the opinion polls, presumably, and saw he was losing the support of the party membership, did the math and realized that he wasn't going to win this uh, and decided to bow out um, while he could. And that's the thinking in terms of, you know, what he was thinking. Uh, and certainly, you know, there are there's already speculation amongst some political watchers that perhaps Boris Johnson is playing the long game here. He has only been a Conservative MP for a year. Of course, prior to that, he was the mayor of London. Mm-hmm. But it's possible that he is, you know, sort of taking, will lick his wounds, wait another four years, and perhaps, you know, try and make another run for it then. But in the short term, he has clearly not seen a path to victory and announced he is not going to do what everyone thought he was going to do. Is it that, Jeff, or is it he sees that, boy, the next person that takes over this gig has got his hands full and is no way going to come out a winner? Wait five years, four years, whatever, until things settle down a little bit and then walk in as the hero with a plan. Yeah, and that's a big part of it, too. I mean, you know, I think... You know, a lot of certainly a lot of his opponents have said that, you know, Boris Johnson has, you know, looked at this mess that he has helped create, at least as far as the markets are concerned, and decided, you know, he doesn't want to be the one to clean it up, that he doesn't want to get his hands dirty, and that it's better for him to take a step back in case this gets worse before it gets better, as many people expect it will in terms of the fallout of the Brexit vote. Um, but it's also hard to imagine that. You know, someone like Boris Johnson, who is a seasoned political operative, wouldn't have had a plan for winning the referendum. Um, so it's yeah, I think everybody is just sort of shaking his, their head and wondering, you know, how this came about. From my vantage point, for whatever it's worth, it looks like all of this has honestly happened spontaneously in the past few days. That um, you know, the party really did not take the Boris Johnson in the immediate aftermath of the vote in perhaps the way he had hoped they would. And um, as a result, he is not going to be making a run for the party leadership. And everyone now is putting their money on Theresa May, who is the British Home Secretary. She, in fact, was uh, on the side of the Remain campaign in the vote, but she also was very quiet. She is, as someone put it this morning, now the favorite because she has 
stayed pretty quiet over the mm. course of the campaign. And so now, almost by default, she becomes the most experienced minister running for this position. So many people are now predicting that we will have Prime Minister Theresa May come September. How do you lead the country when the party is so divided? I mean, this isn't just this isn't just a case of one party against another. This is a case of staying or leaving. And depending on the party, uh, they're, they're split within it. Well, that's right. And I mean, it was, you know, these fault lines were very visible through the course of the campaign. It's important to remember that the British Prime Minister, David Cameron, called the referendum in the first place in large part to appease members of his own conservative party, because you're right, we're not, we haven't even talked about the opposition party yet, because they're in their own sort of state of disarray, facing their own leadership crisis, but you're right. And, and as far as the conservative party is concerned, a lot of uh, their MPs are going on TV and, and in the newspapers talking about needing to find a way to unite the party so that they can then find a way to unite the country. Uh, speaking of the opposition, update us there, and no wonder Brits are feeling the way they are. Well, that's right. The opposition leader, Jeremy Corbyn, has been widely criticized for not doing enough to support the Remain campaign, and many people suspect that in part because he has long been a Eurosceptic, has long been someone who has talked about you know, the, the European Union, the problems with it, and the prospect of Britain perhaps wanting to leave it at some point. So there were already suspicions that he might even vote to leave the European Union and that he didn't do enough to support the Remain side, which was his party's official stance. So as a result, he has lost the vast majority of his MPs in terms of support. They held a no-confidence motion. More than 80% of his own MPs voted for him to resign but he has refused, absolutely, saying there's no way he's going to resign. It was just nine months ago that he won the party leadership, and that victory was due in large part to support from the party's grassroots members. So Jeremy Corbyn believes he still has support of the party's grassroots, and so seems to be basically ignoring the fact that he has lost the support of his sitting MP. It's like nobody wants to take uh, credit or the blame, really, for any of this. Well, it is. It's, it's, it's truly incredible, and there's plenty of uh, blame to go around, obviously. Um, but I think, you know, it, the, the situation with both parties is going to come to a head at some point, and I think certainly for the Labour Party, the main opposition party, people are expecting there to be a leadership contest for them to go back to the party membership, and then that will happen in the coming weeks. Um, and that, you know, it's, it's very possible that within a few months' time, both parties will have new leaders, and both of them will be women, because at this point, it's female candidates uh, who are largely favored to take not only the Conservative Party, but also the Labour Party into the future. Um, and as a few uh, female observers have noted, maybe uh, having a couple of women in charge is the worst thing, uh, given what the men have done to the country over the past few weeks. Well, there certainly is a good, a good argument for that, isn't there? Wow. Uh, are you surprised that Cameron stood up in the House yesterday and, and tells Corbyn to just leave and starts blaming him for all of this? For not doing yeah, enough? I think the yeah, I think the quote was something to the effect of as much as he would love Jeremy Corbyn to stay for, uh, for the sake of the Conservative Party, uh, David Cameron said, for the sake of the country, for heaven's sake, man, go. Hmm. Which prompted quite a reaction from wow. uh, the sitting House of Commons, of course. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's just, you know, you look at, uh, you know, 
say what you want about David Cameron. People have respected, I think, the fact that he fell on his sword, so to speak, that he did come out and resign and save the party, having to force him to resign, as many expected would inevitably happen. And then you look at Jeremy Corbyn, who was doing just the opposite, facing a massive insurrection from inside his own party and just absolutely refusing to budge. He's refused to take questions from reporters who have been chasing him around this, this city over the past few days just refusing to to even have a conversation about it, uh, certainly in front of a microphone anyway. Um, so, yeah, it's quite a contrast in terms of, you know, David Cameron resigning, Boris Johnson effectively, you know, resigning, if you like, from taking a run at the prime ministership, and then Jeremy Corbyn refusing to resign. But the result is the same. It's a massive leadership crisis in a country that is in desperate need of leadership right now. Do, do people in the UK want David Cameron gone, or do they want him to stay and deal with this mess till it's complete? Well, I think yeah, that's a tough question, but I think, you know, if you sort of patch together some of the public opinion polls and results that we've seen, I think people did sort of agree that he needed to go. Even people who... Um, you know, I think people who were on the leave, or excuse me, people who wanted to to remain, who were effectively on David Cameron's side in the referendum debate, blame him for calling the thing in the first place yeah. to appease members of his own party and for you know helping to create this situation. And um, you know, I think generally speaking, his party, the consensus of his party is that it needed a new leader, that it couldn't be David Cameron, given what an active role he had taken in the Remain campaign. So everybody agrees that the Conservative Party, I think, needs a new leader. It's just that nobody can seem to agree on who that leader should be right now. Mm. And what do this? What, what's the buzz in the city? What do the citizens say about this? Because clearly they're probably ticked with both parties. I think so, and I think yeah, it's, it's funny because there is the the Liberal Democrat uh, is the sort of third party um, that often doesn't make a lot of uh, a lot of news in this country. But um, we were seeing an article a little bit earlier today talking about just the rate of uh, their membership increasing as a result. People just looking for a third option now that they are just so upset with the two main political parties. So it's possible that we will be talking more about the Liberal Democrats if they <laughs> climb in uh, climb up in the polls as a result of just being, you know, the least worst option on offer right now as far as voters are concerned. Um, yeah, I think people are just absolutely astonished. I think a lot of people wanted to see Boris Johnson take the reins of the party. He is constantly seen as one of the, if not the most po- popular politician in the country, very popular particularly among English voters. And so the fact that he has stepped away now has upset a lot of sort of your average voter. And even those who opposed him are angry at him because they see him as being largely responsible for the Brexit victory and having created a mess that he is now, in effect, walking away from. How do Londoners feel? I understand they wanted to stay, but their mayor wants everyone to leave. How did that play out? The, that the mayor, well, the, the mayor of London once uh, was very much in support of uh, of remaining inside. Yes, the, the European Union. Yeah, and and, and his, certainly his his voters agree. But yeah, you mean people outside of London and in England in general? Yeah, there is certainly a, a you know one of one of many divides that we have seen through the course of all of this is the urban rural divide, if you like, where the vast majority of voters in England and Wales voted to leave, voted for the Brexit. But London bucked that trend and very mm-hmm. much wanted to remain part of the United Kingdom. And in large part, that's because 
London is, of course, one of the world's great financial centers, relies heavily on trade with the European Union. And speaking of finances, we've heard in just the past couple of hours from the Bank of England governor and Canadian, of course, Mark Carney, who uh, warned that there will have to be some kind of monetary easing this summer, suggesting that the British public can look forward to possibly a cut in interest rates, a further cut mm. to deal with the fallout from the Brexit vote. And you could even watch the, um, the currency, uh, Scott, just as Mark Carney was speaking, the pound, the pound was was plummeting. Wow! I, I bet you Mark Carney never saw this coming when he left Canada a few years ago. No, I, I bet you he didn't. But I'd love to. I mean, we always love to have an interview with him. He's a busy guy. He doesn't always like to talk politics, of course. Yeah, know, that's not his job at the moment. But I'm sure, you know, if he could have an honest conversation with you, he would say as much that he did not expect to be in this position. And there are rumblings about whether. You know, he his job security is safe at the moment. He, in fact, made a joke about it at the beginning of his press conference, suggesting in a kind of roundabout way that a lot of people in this country are worried about their jobs and sort of smiled, prompting a laugh from the crowd, seeming to imply that he may be one of them. Hmm. I guess the point that I was trying to make earlier uh, was that uh, it seems ironic that London wants to stay or wanted to stay, the majority of them, yet it was their former mayor that's leading the charge to exit. Uh, their former mayor, yes, excuse me. Yeah, well, that is, uh, that's, that's very much, that's very true. And I mean, you know, I think the fact that Boris Johnson became the mayor of London speaks to his sort of charismatic popularity, that he was a very right-leaning mayor for the city of London that normally tends to vote in someone from the Labour Party, but that Boris Johnson as a Conservative member kind of bucks that trend. So Boris Johnson's politics didn't always necessarily line up with the voting public in the city of London, as we've seen now through the course of this Brexit campaign. But the reason, you know, that he won the mayoralty of London in the first place was just because he is so popular. He is just, he sort of strikes that balance uh, people used to compare him to sort of uh, almost a Rob Ford example of hmm. someone who sort of strikes that every man appeal. But uh, Boris Johnson, in Boris Johnson's case at least, he you know went to the same school as David Cameron, comes from a wealthy background, went to a fancy private school. But in his demeanor, he is very appealing to that kind of every man type voter. Part in part because you know just his, his overall appearance that he always looks like he sort of slept in his suit. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't look like, you know, your sort of conventional politician like David Cameron looks and sounds. That's been a big part of Boris Johnson's appeal. That's why he is one of the most popular politicians in the country. But that appeal has clearly not done enough to convince the Conservative Party membership in his bid for the Prime Minister's office. Has, has the feeling uh, in the UK caught to the point where, all right, things are settling down? The, you know, the sky's not falling. We're going to get through this. Is, is that attitude coming through yet, or is it still, what the hell is going on? I think people's heads are still spinning, to be honest. There's yeah. still sort of this feeling that people are about to wake up from a strange dream or perhaps a nightmare is a better way to put it for some people. Um, I think, you know, we had seen some return to normalcy on the markets over the past few days. In fact, over the past couple of days, we saw the pound, uh, of course, the British currency recover significantly. Uh, the FTSE 100, which is the London Stock Exchange, uh, recovered incredibly up and hit a year high. Uh, so there was some suggestion that perhaps that signaled some, you know, 
calmer minds prevailing here, but there was also lots of speculation that that was simply bargain hunters looking for a good deal on the markets, uh, as you often see after a massive crash like we saw on Friday and Monday. But I think in general, stock people are still sort of shaking their heads. There's just no sort of sense of certainty, uh, so many big questions, and I think we'll have to wait until September to get answers to some of the big ones, including who is the next prime minister going to be. Jeff Semple has been with us, Europe Bureau Chief for Global News, live in Trafalgar Square. Make sure watch uh, you watch Global News tonight for more on this story. Jeff, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Thanks, Scott. Take care.